This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Gelsman gets there. Another good kick from him and here's Harden now. Harden going past one man, finding Wagstaff. Wagstaff turning well, setting up Chilton. Now, now then, everybody, uh, welcome back to the latest episode of the To Hull and Back podcast. Uh, I'm your host today, Ant Northgraves, uh, joined as usual by William Young and uh, Nathaniel Whittingham. Uh, and we have got a special guest on today. We've got Lee Walker, who's never present at any City game. Uh, how are you doing today, Will, uh, Lee? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. Yeah, enjoyed yesterday, I take it. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> I know, I, was, I've, I, I, toyed with, I toyed with going, but. It's, I mean, kudos to whoever went. I mean, you know, its attendances are a bit of a... I thought about it. I think, yeah. But when COVID decided to rear its ugly head instead. Yeah. I got COVID last Sunday, so I'm I'm free now. I tested negative the other day. I know Will had it. Nathaniel, you had it as well, didn't you? I, I have it. Oh, you still have it? I, I'm going to be spluttering throughout this episode. <laughs> Fair play. Um, right, so before we get into anything then, uh, this episode's, of course, sponsored by Six Yards Out. Uh, which is your home for retro memorabilia, um, you know, customised mugs, phone cases, cushion covers, um, posters, anything like that uh, with your famous, uh, your favourite retro Hull City kit design. So you could put the tiger print on, you could get the uh, kit with the red stripe on, put anything on a, on a mug if you like, or we can even get an old result in the CFAX style, uh, say the Bristol City playoff final, you can get that on the side of a mug if you fancy it. Uh, and of course, we're also sponsored by Candy King, which is Hull's newest pick and mix sweet shop. Uh, so your favourite sweet mixes delivered straight to your door. Uh, great prices, vegan options are available. Fast delivery and excellent customer service. So we've got a couple of games to talk about then. So obviously we um, have another home defeat to talk about um, against Huddersfield Town. Uh, we've got the good win away at Middlesbrough, which probably is essentially confirmed safety. Uh, and then we've got Cardiff to look ahead to and maybe a little bit of a nostalgic chat about some Cardiff fixtures uh, to follow. Um, but we'll get into the Huddersfield game then. So, definite game of two halves, but self-inflicted. Because um, I think right inflicted. Time, we were probably, I would say, the better side in that game. Wouldn't you agree, Will? Until the last 10 seconds of that first half, yeah. And then some fucking dickhead, long-haired, pratty-wide, can't believe I'm so annoyed with him. I'm so upset with him. I mean, I feel quite vindicated it. that it was Eves who ruined it for everyone. Yeah. Why um, want anyone to ruin it for anyone? Well, well, if 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 anyone had to get sent no. off and get chastised, I'm glad it was Eves. <laughs> no, no. I mean, but he was playing well up to up until then, and yeah, it was just poor discipline uh, that you know uh, meant that we had to defend for the whole of the second half. Um, because I thought that was the only good decision the ref made all game. I thought he was awesome. Yes, he was terrible again. Because we, we should, they should have had about two penalties, maybe. Yeah, definitely two penalties, yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the handball one was absolutely a penalty. I mean, um, I think Greaves is quite fortunate <laughs> in the fact that the referee was behind him, that it did probably from his angle look like he headed it, but replays did show that it was an obvious handball. Um very lucky to get away with. I mean, we've had that quite often this season, haven't we? I mean, I think about Bernard at Reading and 
Yeah, you know, definitely. What away we won at Reading, Berard. Yeah, he, he could have given two away in that game, so we've probably been quite fortunate but with then, that. But Forest, they got a penalty that was a foul on Greaves from memory. True, but then we also I think there's been against Birmingham that wasn't on the it's pitch. It's been about even. I think, yeah. been, I think there's been I far more that. incorrect decisions against the other teams. I think. Yeah, I, I think, think we've, we've been a bit lucky. More. If you probably put it on on the grand scale of things, um, at the end of the season, I will have to go through and count this. <laughs> it's this sort of no, bored thing I do in the summer. Yeah, duh. <laughs> You'll but be busy think... on a flight to Turkey. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give a quick shout out to that actually, because obviously I uh, I don't think any of you you attended the evening, didn't you, Lee? Um, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Spare ticket the... came available through a friend of mine, so I tried getting ticket, and when I went on the website, it was like no availability, so came up and I went. It's quite a good night. Yeah, Apart I mean, it, it, the rugby question maybe. Yeah, mm. well, you, you're always going to get those. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're going to get that question. There's too much rugby about. discussion. Did anybody mention that about the West Upper? No, no. So, somebody asked yeah. a daft question about uh, could the Doer join LFC and City oh. Pass. <laughs> Someone's really chucked a chair across the room at them. For, for, for a joint season pass for uh, another club in a different sport that Adjan has nothing to do with. Yeah, makes and considering a lot of City fans don't support FC and might support the other rugby team in all as well. Mm. Yeah, it'd be like six people that wanted <clears> it. <throat> Won't make sense, would it? Uh, but I think an evening like that, I mean, because we've grown accustomed to having the alarms who didn't really do anything like that and probably would minimise the amount of times that they would have to contact um, or just speak to us as a fan base in general, banning fan groups <laughs> and all, uh, journalists and all sorts. But, you know, uh, since Adjun's come in, he's been, he's been brilliant. And I think an evening like that where he could just sit down and the fans could sort of ask him, you know, more important questions and, and things like that. Is, and, and obviously him mentioning about taking City fans on holiday, which I assume is the big thing he was on about that had never been done before. Um, I mean, obviously, I won't be going. Uh, no, I assume, sure. are you in that bracket, Lee? Are you, would you qualify for free holiday? I'm not sure. So I'm not I'm not sure how they're going to do it all. They said it's going to be like how many games attended. I don't know if it's going back to years because obviously they changed to the membership scheme and I think they got rid of all the database from that. So I don't know how it's really yeah, going to work. Yeah, I think they of that. Hmm. So I can only assume it's from like the last season, season and a half, maybe. Yeah, they'll probably reward hmm. this season, won't they? Because last season we didn't have any fans, did we? No, so, even before uh, last one. So, so I, assume, I assume we could get the figures up from this season and, you know, you'll have membership... Um, up on their database, they'll know who's attended the home games, who scanned the cards and stuff, and then uh, who's bought tickets through their membership for away games. So I would expect if you've you know gone to regular home and away games, and you probably will qualify. I don't know if they're going to do it in like a a random draw, um, something like that, and just pick two hundred and fifty out of a pool. Well, of, I was going to say it's meant to be two hundred and fifty is meant to be like a public lottery, and two hundred and fifty is meant to be those fans. Yeah, because it's two hundred and fifty, and then you can take a plus one. Is that right? Um, I think so, yeah, the way you worded it was like, it's fun yourself and obviously a plus one, so I think whoever the gets think the level of the draw, people will be asking if they can jump along, won't they? Yeah. The more I think about it, the more of an absolute mess it will be. <laughs> I oh, know. Absolutely. I used, I used, it'd be like a, an entire hotel complex, wouldn't it, full of City fans, which I oh, think... Oh, God. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think depending I on what way you look at it, it'd either be a dream or a nightmare. <laughs> It depends on who you end up with, I think. Uh, it, it, it would be... I mean, it's a free holiday at the end of the day, so you can't really complain, but... Um, True. It's going to be a huge marketing thing, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, from what he said about us being quite big in Turkey, and um, I think, did he say, Efez have asked if they can they can mm. do something Good. probably get served in the... Yeah, in probably the sure. Like a decent yeah. beer in the free concourse. <laughs> so, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Because now we've got actual optimism. Uh, which we, I don't think any of us have felt for a long time. And I think now with obviously the, the result against Middlesbrough and a bit more pressure being lifted as well, we can actually probably fully enjoy um, the prospect of next season and, and, and looking forward to what Adjun can do and, and, and what signing Shotter can bring in. Uh, but back onto the Huddersfield game, obviously, because that's the one that we are uh, currently chatting about. Um, so I would say an even first half that we probably tipped on the base of chances. I know we didn't really have that many shots, but like say, like Eve's um, half chance where the ball drifted across the box. <laughs> missed the, the opportunity to put it in things like that. I think we probably deserve to go in maybe 1-0 up or something like that second half obviously after the sending off was a bit of a back to the wall jobby but we defended so well which I think is 
if you're going to take anything from Shotter Avaladze's style currently at Hull City, is that we defend very well. Um, you know, maybe an exception of like the Derby County away game, which was you know quite soon into his tenure. But at the moment, we look very, very hard to beat. Um, as, as famously pointed out now by um, some Middlesbrough statistics Twitter page that claims we have uh, eleven men at the back. Um, but you know, with, with, with eleven with, men at the back, if it means we've got a one nil win, yeah, I mean, so would they? I, I think it's mm. easy to forget as well. I mean, going back obviously to Huddersfield, they were unbeaten in what was it, eighteen games. Um, and then I think they lost two of the last three before the game, but then that's two losses in 20, which overall is you know Mm. fairly decent, obviously. Um, and we more than match them in that first half. And now it's 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 ifs, buts, maybes if Mm. you know we continued in that vein in the second half if we'd have had 11 men, but um, quite unlucky, I think, to concede that goal. Lee, did it look offside from inside the stadium? It was hard to tell because no, nobody appealed for it. None of the players appealed for it, so it was really hard to tell. I and thought it was fine. On Sky, apparently, if it had been VAR, it would probably been ruled out. Mm. Yeah, from where it was I was very, very to it looked a bit marginal. Yeah, it was, it was slim. From what the TV showed, it was offside, but it was one of them where, you know, if, you, if you're um, sort of relying on the linesman or the referee himself to see that, it would have, you know, it's very difficult for a human to to, to spot that in real time. So, Unlucky on the basis of, yeah, like you say, if we'd have had VAR, it would probably been uh, ruled out. But also, if we'd have had VAR, it would have probably been 2-0 down with penalties. So, <laughs> it's, it's one of them, isn't it? But a 1-0 defeat, considering we had uh, 10 men for, what, 50 minutes, was it? Something like that. Uh, not really a, uh, that bad a result against Huddersfield. Do you think maybe we could have... I mean, um, Sidemanesh obviously missed, missed a, a bit yeah, of side. No, I thought he'd scored right at the end there. That would yeah, be great. I mean, I, I I actually got up out of my sofa and I was cheering like it had gone in. So I thought it nestled into the top corner, but oh, you... uh, it went wide. Yeah, I was gutted. Because what a way to introduce yourself as well, um, obviously, because we've not seen that much of him. And for him to come on as a sub and then score a, a, a last-minute equaliser when we had 10 men for a, a large portion of the game um, would have been a heroic thing to do, probably. Um, but did you have any standout players? And Nathaniel, was there anyone that you gave man of the match to? Um, I guess all the the whole team defended really well for the second half. Uh, what I was going to say about that though earlier was that uh, I think if we'd just been a little bit more attacking throughout the second half, because we dropped really deep and we didn't really have any chances until after they scored, and then after they scored, we actually had a, a decent spell. So I think we might have been able I to get something else in the game. That was because they kind of let off the get off the gas a bit as well. To be fair. Well, I, I, well, not really. I don't think you'd let, you know, get complacent 1-0 up, you know, because they're still chasing the playoffs. So I think um, if we'd just gone for it a little bit more and rather than... It was more like we were just waiting for Huddersfield to score. Yeah, of course, we didn't want them to, but if you defend like that and don't have any attacking outlet, it's only a matter of time. But I thought the team defended really well. Lewis Potter looked really bright in the in the first half. Um, he forced that great save uh, out of that free kick early on, uh, but I, I can't really remember any players that stood out in particular. Um, Matt Ingram. <sighs> well, yeah, I guess you could uh, have Matt Ingram. He, he's, he, he's. Uh, shall we do the Baxter Ingram debate now? Yeah, go for it. Because I, I mean, it was the same when uh, Baxter was brought in against Barnsley all those months ago. Uh, Ingram hadn't really done anything wrong, and. I think that's why he's in the team now. I think he's in a great uh, run of form and I think it'd be kind of cruel to swap him out for Baxter. And it's just great to have, uh, you know, two goalkeepers that you can uh, certainly have as a number one, whereas sometimes teams have a, a solid number one and then clearly a goalkeeper that's not as good. But we're lucky to have two great ones. Yeah, so I think he got lucky. Baxter was unlucky that he was injured when the QPR game came along and yeah. Ingram got hauled off. And we, mm-hmm. I think if he'd been then, we might have still had Baxter in, until now. Probably. Because he was injured at the time, we had to play the third choice. It was more a case of nothing against Cartwright, but we need our first choice keeper back as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think when, when you look at them both play, they're both... Very different style goalkeepers, but they seem to both work in this team. So it doesn't really matter. You know, like, say, 
I would probably argue that Baxter is a bit more commanding and organizes mm -hmm. the back three a bit more, um, maybe mm -hmm. a little bit better in dis distribution wise. But Ingram has shown to be quite a good shot stopper. Um, so, you know, they've both got different qualities, but you don't tend to miss the other if the other one plays kind of thing. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Because I don't think we've mm. had a situation where we've had two goalkeepers that are so pretty much even that either of them could start and, and nobody would really be fussed. Um, I, I'll come to you then, Lee. So, say, take, take form and everything out the window entirely uh, and you've got full reins to start either one of those goalkeepers. Which one are you choosing? I'd go for Ingram. He's permanent keeper at the minute, isn't he? Obviously, uh, Baxter's only on loan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Ingram. Yeah, you'd give confidence to him, wouldn't you? Because yeah. really, we don't know whether Baxter's going to be here next year. Well, that's yeah. the thing. With Chelsea under what they're under, you probably weren't able to sign him anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're not quite sure what, what's going to go on transfer-wise with Chelsea because the cat really... I suppose they could. I mean, I, I'm sure they'd sort it out some way where the money has to go to some place that is proven not to be wrong. There'll be about. a loophole that's found in the summer, yeah. and it'll be like there's nothing wrong. Because you can't not sell players, can you? They can't yeah. let them walk away for free because um, they're under contract. So there'd be something there. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, like we say. But I would like to see Baxter sign permanently. Um, I do think he's very good, and not like we say, if injury, suspension, anything like that. It's always good to have two goalkeepers that are. are Fairly adept at being a number one, so hopefully we do pursue that um, permanent uh, transfer for Baxter in summer. Uh, but we'll move on to Middlesbrough then, because obviously um, six unbeaten away now. Um, Matt Ingram, as we just mentioned, uh, record holder for the amount of games away from home without conceding. Uh, it was over five hundred and odd minutes or something, wasn't it? Um, so we're proving a bit of a tough nut to crack away from home. We're actually seventh in the form table for away games, which is mad because if you think we had a even a semi-decent home record, we would have been well out of the relegation equation ages ago. Um, so, because you were there then yesterday, Will, uh, Lee, sorry. Um, was I? <laughs> Will definitely wasn't, Lee was. Because uh, you was there at the game then, I'll come to you. And uh, So, going into that game, did you actually feel like we could get something from that? I assume so. There's been five unbeaten before it. I, I thought if we could get a point, then uh, a friend of mine who went to the event with on Thursday, even he said, I said, he said, fancies to get some on Saturday and said somebody before the game, I'll take a draw, but it was even better to get the three points. Mm. I mean, I, I, I the a Middlesbrough podcast asked me to do a, a score prediction and I said, on paper, this is the kind of game that Borough should probably easily push us aside. But um, with us playing so well away from home, I, I actually predicted us to do a 1 1 draw. I thought that um, we'd maybe you know, go 1-0 in front, but then let it slip kind of thing, but hold on for a draw, which would have been decent, like you say, we'd have, we'd have all taken that. Um, but the longer the game went on, because I I, 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 I I don't know about you guys, but as I was watching it, um, I thought that the premise of the game was Borough had a lot of possession, but they didn't really do anything with Did it. Fuck all with it. it. Yeah, the first right. half was all Middlesbrough, but they didn't really test the keeper that much, did they? They, they did a lot. No, of, really. They did a lot of trying to stretch the back five. They did a lot of um, getting the ball in behind, but then the, not really getting it into the box to ask any questions. And I think probably the goalkeeper and the, the, the back three, five, whatever it was, um, probably had quite an easy first half. I mean, um, what do you, do you think that um, this is going to be our style from now to the end of the season then, Will? Do you think this is going to be a, the seers over the line, backs of the wall, hard to beat? Does it work, Adam? It does. Then there, uh, yeah. It works away from home, definitely. It just makes sense. I mean, City are clearly a side that are better when they're under the cosh and attacking on the counter. Because when they're at home, mm -hmm. the kind of the impetus is on them to create the chances and dominate the game. And they're not really a side that can do that at the moment. Mm. But when you're away from home, the opponents are the ones that have to do that. So City are just perfect for that whole counter-attacking football. Yeah. So, Which I think when we're away from home, particularly, can't, there's nothing wrong with it. Keep doing it. No, yeah, obviously, I'm, I, I, I was asking more on the thing that with it, with safety essentially being all but mathematically secured now with that You're win. saying play zero five five. No, well, no for the rest not. of the season. Is is there a, a, a maybe a reason to now maybe you know let a couple of players off the leash, i.e. King Lewis Potter, Syed Manesh, Longman, say, you know what, show us what you can do, fight for a place to start next season because so if, if the players what, won't what seem form, that we're going to What formation are you playing to do that then? 
What what's you the are. tactics? You, what what are you changing to for them to suddenly be off the leash? Um, well, it'd be more of the sense of obviously at the minute our tactics is to stay strong, resolute, organised, disciplined. When the other team have got the ball, keep a shape. Striker comes even like because we saw against Middlesbrough, which I think we'll come on to Syed Manesh because I think he was very good, uh, despite what the Facebook group was saying. Um, <laughs> but he was he was even coming back and he was like defending on the edge of our box. Now essentially that did make it an eleven at the back sort of scenario. But like we said, it, it, Middlesbrough couldn't create anything. We stopped them doing that, and then we just tried to force the issue on the counter, which was quite effective. But if you're going to change that from now to the next season, like we're, we're not that. Um, concerned now about losing, do you now just sort of give like the the, the wing backs a bit more freedom to to push higher, um, for the midfielders to be a bit more progressive and just leave the likes of Smallwood back rather than having two protecting? You, the, the, there's ways you can tinker this three at the back formation to give us a bit more of an offensive threat because I think that the only thing we've been lacking this season is the fact that we can't score goals really. We mm-hmm. we, you know, we we're one of the lowest scorers in the division and and I think that's down to the midfield rather than the strikers. The because they don't get any chances to score, do they? They, they really don't really don't. create many chances. Like K- KLP, most of his chances, he creates himself. Yeah. Okay, then. So, so, I mean, the, the goal he scored wasn't a chance, was it? He just had the ball on the wing. Yeah, and he, he had to do something. The wing. A lot of his goals have been like that, where he, he has created them himself. Yeah. I mean, also, I'll come on to King Lewis Potter, actually, because um, everyone has a different opinion on where he's been. international King Lewis Potter. Yeah, England mm-hmm. were 21 in national mm-hmm. kings, oh, absolutely. Um, we didn't even have a touch, I don't think, because that game. Probably didn't. Really came on. Um, but everyone has a different opinion on, on KLP and, and where he's best played. So I'm going to come around all three of you and say where you would play him if you were manager. So where would you play him, Will? Part of the front two. Lee? Up front. Nathaniel? Uh, wing back. No. Uh, I guess winger. Jeez, he is a winger. You play him in a 4 3 3 with a winger or. As we're doing now, uh, with is it the three up front with more advanced and then two tucked in behind, which is usually Honeyman and yeah. Lewis Potter. So it gives them a bit more freedom right. to drift wide. I mean, it's, it's, diffi- it's difficult to say, you know, what our best formation is because of just how inconsistent we are with playing mm. at home compared to away from home. Because you know, away from home, Lewis Potter's doing really well in that kind of, uh, kind of two wingers behind the striker sort of formation, whereas at home, they're all rubbish. So, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe we need to change formation uh, at home to what we're doing away. But, um, yeah, I, I think uh, it'd be really disappointing. We've got, you know, two home games against Cardiff and Reading, who, you know, uh, I mean, Cardiff are good away from home, apparently, but we they're around us in the table and we'd like to get at least one win out of those two so we don't, you know, go this whole period at home without winning a game. Uh, so hopefully they can, you know, play with a bit more freedom now. But, uh, you know, we are safe and we're going to get investment in the summer. So maybe, maybe although it'll be disappointing if we do lose them, uh, the, the main goal is being secured and we can just uh, look forward to the summer. What we need is a Meza Erzl style player. <laughs> I don't How know about Mesut Ozil? One that's been linked, but yeah, I think that could work. So that's, that's he might right. he might just be a more expensive John Terrell, where we think, oh, he's the attacking, he's the t- he's the number ten. We'll bring but him off the bench, though. and he'll and he'll win the game, and he never does, and he always gets injured. Right? Do do yeah. we honestly then? And I'll open this sword. No, we're we'll saying no. Now. Do we honestly think that we're saying no? No, I don't think it will. Not a we chance. We might as well just get Terrell back if we're going to bother. You see, because I'm not just as good as him. There's going to be people that are more wised up into football finances than I am. How many? It won't work. We cannot afford Özil. You can't. Let's just end it there. No, we cannot afford Özil. No. Well, we can sign Özil, but we have to sell everybody else. Disagree with that, Nathaniel. I think we can, but it's an incredibly stupid thing to do. Yes, because we'd go (laughs) bust. Well, with the wages, not, at least. Not if you go up at the first time of asking. That's the kind of signing yeah, way. No, we won't no, have no. any other players. No. We, won't have, we can't afford literally anybody else. Unless the team we have actually, now plus Ozil can get promoted, it won't the, the work. The biggest problem he has of luring the likes of, of Meza Ozil or any other star from the Turkish league here. <laughs> they don't want to come to Hull. He has to convince them to come to Hull. Exactly. Which, I think, yeah. As much as we love to see, 
compared to let's say let, what the contract options at the minute in Miami is his other yeah. option with David Beckham. Would you choose to come to Will City in the Championship or go and have basically a, a, a nice weathered retirement in Miami? Ah, Miami shit. <laughs> well, I know I choose, but I'm not Mesut Ozil. <laughs> and we, we we don't know how close Adjun and Mesut are, how close his connections are at Fenerbahce. You know, I, I'd rather I mean, try we, and get, we, I'd rather go for Gunnigan. <laughs> That's yeah, even that less likely. Yeah, he'd be in a lot more. But um, he's, a, he's a City fan, isn't he? Now it turns out. What about this? Time, bro? <laughs> I would argue that if you go back to the Phil Brown season in the Championship, do you remember when we were signing a certain JJ Kocha? JJ Kocha. Right. Yeah, but he was like 50. And our finances, I would argue, were it was... considerably worse back then, or less. We probably had a less budget than what we do at the moment, and we managed to sign. What happened to the club and those owners a couple of years later? Mm. They did the job. We got promoted. We might have <laughs> nearly gone to. We might have nearly gone bankrupt. He was only here for that season. He didn't, he didn't stay with us in the Premier League, did he? So yeah, you can't blame a coach. That's anything. not the point. Like, I wouldn't trust those owners financially. As great as they were getting us up. Yeah, I'm not talking about what eventually happened with Bartlett and Duffin and Co. I'm, I'm on about that. We're, we're saying that well, it's I think very that's all part of it. We're going to sign the like of, likes of Mesut Ozil, but we've done that in the championship in the past. Um, you know, that's why I'm saying it's possible. I'm, I'm actually not sitting here and saying that we are going to because I don't think we've it, got we've a got honeyman. But yeah, we're doing we've got honeyman anyway. We don't need it's you know the the, the rumours aren't going, and obviously it's easy paper talk for to get clicks on and shares because everyone are like what the hell's happening, but. It's worth a discussion. Isn't even it? on the freaking football league show last night. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a discussional topic, isn't it? It's, it's one that we, we we have to visit, really, because um, we'll look a bit silly if he does sign in summer. Um, I'm so not looks silly if he looks signed in summer. I still think he's signing in summer. Why is everyone getting so excited about eight to ten signings as if that's a new thing? The last few years we've had eight to ten signings because everyone's left for free. So yeah, but it's, a different it's not that different. Spending a lot of money on this time. Yeah, it's not low even then. From, from sometimes League. we have signed. Sometimes we have signed that many players, and they've been starting, starting players. And you know that's not a good way to build a a cohesive squad. Really, to just you know add. 10 extra players in Lewis Potter in the starting 11 maybe so yeah there's not um, there's not many examples you can find where a team's done a mass overhaul in the summer and it's ended up being instantly successful kind of thing but no. you would assume that um most of the squad will probably have a year given to them in summer um the ones that are expiring sorry and then the, the core basis of this squad will probably still be here and then you'll yeah, just yeah. integrate signings as you go along I would assume because he's not I imagine next season's aims are in Adjun's eyes, anyway, in Shotters, maybe have a push at trying to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Not necessarily try and get near the playoffs. Hmm. What what mm -hmm. do we deem as an unsuccessful season? If if we end up being relegation, relegation. other than relegation. Yeah. Other than well, it depends how much we spend because yeah, it, that, if we don't actually spend goes. that much, then I guess maybe just mid tables fine. But yeah, if we if we are going if we sign Urzel then not getting promoted is is unsuccessful. Whereas if we sign, I don't know, someone not as good as Urzel, then maybe like yeah, Ray just Lovett. kind of a, a better season. <laughs> Excuse you. Well, no, I, I, <laughs> Longman is a future Ballon d'Or winner, but I'm not saying he's that yet. So I'll allow that. <laughs> I think he needs to pick up his performance. Isn't it great having an owner? That not only gives a yes, shit it about is. the club, that like not only gives a shit about the club, but it's also completely insane. <laughs> yeah, that that story he told um, at that the evening with Adrianilla Jello about being is it a Fenerbahce fan, but working for Besiktas and having to fly that guy over uh, and then help beat his own team in the derby. That that was mad. Yeah, but it just that. shows that he, he gets he clearly gets football because how how many other owners come in and, and tell stories like that that show that they kind of understand football in that way rather than just being a, a businessman so I thought that was great I think um, one of the points that hasn't been spoken about quite enough for me because I found it really interesting was 
Um, didn't he say something along the lines of he had the choice of six or seven different championship clubs that he could? Yeah, that's what he said, but he didn't name Smart, them. Yeah. No, he wouldn't have named them because I assume the NBA is involved in stuff, but you would assume Derby was probably one of them because they're up for sale, aren't they? So he was steering well clear of that one, I think. But um, he chose us out of six or seven different championship clubs, which maybe we're just the cheapest. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. You know, we, we, we've we've all been Alam critics for for, for years, but I'm I right understand that it's the state of the finances that they managed to leave it in that probably made us more of an appealing club yeah. to buy. Because they'd done nothing with the club, the club yeah. had, was breaking even quite easily. Because he, I know, I know, he says that he loves the city and he loves the people, and they've always been welcoming in that. But at the end of the day, he's a businessman, and I reckon it was the the the, the secure finances that we had, and the, I mean, the it was probably. A, a bit, bit of column bonus. A, a bit of column B. Yeah, it'll be a bonus. It'll be a mixture of many factors. Hmm. But I mean, like... What a non-answer is that? Oh, it was several factors, yeah. Well, it probably was. <laughs> yeah, it, it, very, just very because, it wasn't just because, oh, they're financially sorted. Mm. It wasn't just well, like that. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to want to look for... You don't want to be buying something that's potentially a sinking ship, do you? And we've been... Like Derby. Yeah, that's regressed yeah. for years. Mm. Since the Premier, I know obviously we won the League One title last season, but realistically, we, in the in the grand scheme of since relegation from the Premier League, really, that we've just been on, you know, we've been dropping like a rock. Well, probably since selling Bowen, really, but yeah. um, he kept us afloat for what two, 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 two and a half years. Um, but the fact that we've we, we've got this new owner now, we can actually look forward to next season and and and, and something new, something exciting. Uh, fans are involved again. Fan groups are being invited in to, to do different things. He's taken us out on holidays and things like that. It's just it's it's a time now where I hope in summer that we can actually start looking forward to next season because I know it's been a while since we've done something like that. Even last season when in League One, I I I, I was hating the, the the inevitability of us continuing that losing vein, but we ended up winning the league and then beginning of this season with the embargo, it was like oh you're back at square one and it, it's frustrating. So it's nice to have that. Um, Optimism again. Um, do we think then, Lee? Do you think the the attendances will pick up next season? Do you think there's there's the chance of that, or are we going to see more or less the same? I think maybe more or less the same what it is now until obviously the team starts doing something. Maybe that's when people start coming back. Yeah, I think I think you'll look at decreasing the price of memberships, and I think that might draw a few more people in on the regular. Without trying to sound too, um, I don't know, blunt, do we think that home performances towards the end of this season will have any sort of influence on people buying tickets next season? Yes, because fans are fickle. Yeah, but then also yeah. if we start poorly next season, uh, then we might not we might not stay around. I think if, if we sign, you know, because we've not seen big money transfers for a while... So I think if we do spend a bit in the summer and show that there is a, a real uh, enthusiasm to get this club back in the Premier League, then then maybe they will come back. But yeah, if we if we go the next three games without winning, and what what would that be? Nine games in a row at home without a win, uh, then yeah, I think it probably would would have an effect. Yeah. The, the summer's just so hard to predict because it's. We're entering yeah. the unknown in modern terms because it's been... It's exciting. The first, it'll be the first summer in, what is it, about 11 years where the Alums aren't been in charge. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really weird to see how it's set, you know, settled, really. Mm-hmm. And I think, like say, if it, like you say, if it's a, one that's full of transfers, exciting signings and all this, and a, a pre-season that seems really good, people will buy tickets. But if it's one that seems a bit... We're not doing out. Why should I bother coming back? Yeah, I think the, I think the biggest issue we'll probably feel uh, in in terms of recruiting fans to come back will be uh, families, for example, because yeah. I can talk, I can say that because like the South Stand at the minute is pretty empty. East Stand is is usually quite chocker if you watch, you know, if you're watching on iFollow or anything like that. The East Stand is usually quite full, so that's that's not really the issue. Your South Stand and your West Stand are, are, are the areas that need recruiting, so. The problem is, I think that when we're playing like we are at home, and people that want to come as a, as a family and bring the kids, 
the kids aren't going to sit through games like that and want to keep coming. So it's hard for you then as a parent to convince your kids to come along and attend games. And you aren't going to fork out loads of money for, for multiple memberships if your kids are just going to sit there for 90 minutes and complain and, and whine and say they're cold and want to go home and they're bored and whatever. So, hmm. so speaking from like my opinion of it, next season, if I was to come back, I'd probably want to take my daughter. But then again, is my daughter going to want to sit sit still for 90 minutes watching that she's all right when we win i took her to the swansea game we scored the two goals she were fine towards the end of the second half she were bored because we, we were under cosh for most of the second mm. half but this is this is like <laughs> this is the problem i think when families are trying to trying to justify paying for memberships when the cost of living crisis at the minute is a bit mad you know if you've got mortgages kids to pay for rent utilities everything like that plus a membership that your kids might not want that's going to be difficult i think question on have you and your daughter been since the Swansea game? No. Well, it's your fault that we're on a losing streak, then you need to get back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Swansea game's the only home game I've been to this season. We won 2-0. I've been, I've been, I've been to three games. I've went to... Not you. At home. Your daughter. No, oh, me and the daughter, yeah. You, you you to come back yeah you're not the lucky home. charm. No, no. Yeah. I'm going to try and bring it to one of the uh, final home games if I can. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably Reading, when it's less cold and... Um, less chance of a complaining but that's that's what i mean all these kind of factors come into attendance you see but like lee said if if performances pick up your attendances tend to pick up because people want to come and watch you win but they got to be about the pricing as well he's maybe yeah. he's got to look at lowering the prices a bit lower for their adults maybe a bit yeah i think the membership will go down a bit at right least bit. i mean was it 30 quid now so i won't be surprised next season if he try i don't at least I don't, I don't think he'll go like over the top and tick off loads, but I think maybe 20 quid he might lower it down to a month. Mm. Mm. Well, he has to really. If we're going to try and increase attendances, which is their obvious aim that they've said a lot of times, um, prices will have to come down. And um, it's just as much as they're willing to, obviously, that I'm, I assume they'll work out financially what they can afford. To do as many £2 games as he can. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll, I imagine do it so many times, aren't they? Due to the AFL rules, can only do yeah, you're only allowed to do it. Is it three or four times a season? You're allowed to do those off games. Yeah, because the AFL so. takes a cut from every game, so they obviously want to make money because of the AFL. Yes, yeah, so they're not going to be happy that. That's that's, that's what it, that's what it comes down to. That's why you're only allowed to do it a certain number of times because the yeah. AFL wants some money as well out of it. Because I think if you could do it all the time, a lot of clubs would do it more often. Their, their, mm. uh, their games having an offer on. Mm. Uh, right, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll come off that then because attendance is something that we we'll probably speak about in summer when we've got a more. Are we going to finally talk about Borough? Yeah, we, I don't even know if we need to talk about Borough, did we? Uh, yeah, I, I, we I, won. I, we'll, yeah, we did win one nil. Very good. Uh, should the keeper have done better with King Lewis Potter's goal? Yes. Yes. No, definitely. I've seen the replay. I'd have saved that. I, I was surprised. He seemed to. Did he drop? He, it bounces just before him. Yeah, I think maybe he thinks Annie was just going to get it. He's right on it. From the look of the yeah. replay, he could have just walked forwards and grabbed it, but I think yeah. he got yeah. distracted by players running into the box that could potentially. I think that's what it was. He got a bit he distracted. Got he bounces mind. right before him. Yeah. But even mm-hmm. then, he should still save it. The Borough fans, it's Wilder, are not happy with him. That's <laughs> to put it. But we, I mean, like, we should have been one nil up anyway. If not for was it Dale Fry, the Pratt, whoever it was, was on the it line, Vernier. Oh, I can't yeah, remember what it was. Oh, it was Tavernier, yeah. yeah. Tavernier. Tavernier, yeah. Diving little shit. Um, we'll, we'll talk about um, Ali Ar then, because um, we've been waiting for his first start, and he got it. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but I was worried that he wouldn't have the, necessi- uh, the necessary traits to hold the ball up like Eves does, because I think that our current style requires us to have that target man for us to actually have an outlet to get out of our area. And as shown against Huddersfield, when we lost that, we couldn't get out of our half. Now, Sead Manesh, I think, proved a lot of people that he can do that. I thought his effort was great, his endeavour, his work rate to come back and defend. He got the ball, he looked dangerous. He tried running at defenders and getting beyond them, holding the ball up and bringing others in. I just thought he looked actually quite decent, given the fact that it was quite uh, an isolated game for him. Uh, would, would, would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought he came deep a little too often, but he had a good game despite that. But was he? He'll have come deep because he'll have been told to do that, I imagine. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I agree. Oh, yeah, I know he'll have been told to do it. Just, maybe just one, maybe one or two times. I thought he was 
if he'd been a bit further forward. Mm. But he had a superb performance in that, in that role, which is not his role at all. He did fantastically yeah. well. And we I don't seem get to have a lot of strikers. I don't get from a, some people yeah. online. Yeah. It's, like, what, it's, because, it's because some people just look at strikers. He scored. He would have got critique. Yeah. yeah, we seem to have a lot of strikers that play better with a a, a strike partner, don't we? Yeah. So why don't we just do that? Because, uh, well, you see, the thing is, Grant McCann's version of the three back that we had did have a two up top. We played, mm. um, we played the three at the back, two wing backs, uh, two centre midfielders that held, and then Honeyman in the number ten with two strikers. Um, Shotter's take on it is more of a similar. It thing. reverses the front three, where it's like a back three is in, yeah, just behind the one striker. You essentially, yeah. have like two number tens, and then the, the lone striker is a bit more advanced and. You see, my, my, my only issue with it is that I think we lose a lot of what makes George Honeyman a goal threat when he plays in this system because I feel like he's mm -hmm. too he's too wide to actually make the kind of impact that he has and he doesn't make as yeah. many late the box and score like what we thought he was doing. <laughs> I think I think it's been good for Keen Lewis Potter. I think he kind of likes being in that free role because he, he, he tends to take it out wide. Uh, like we said, like we saw against Borough, and then he'll cut inside. And because I personally think he's good as a wing back, because I like his his running in behind and coming in from the side. I think that's where he's best. Um, but when he plays behind the striker and he, and he sort of has that freedom to roam, he's very dangerous because players can't pick him up, so they can't essentially mark him out of the game. But like we say, yeah, we've got then the, the only issue is that you've got one striker, and when you've got a few strikers that only play better with a strike partner, um, it means you've got to push one of. Honeyman or Lewis Potter up with him and then sort of upset the balance of the midfield kind of thing. So it, it will be it will be interesting to see what formation he plays next season. Do we think he's going to keep with this one or are we going to sign players to see if it is 4-3-3, which I think he tried to incorporate when he first came in? I think we'll go back to a back four, I think. We'll, pro we'll probably sign some full-backs uh, because, I mean, the reason why we're playing through at the back again was because it was sort of forced through injury. So... Um, I mean, I think Fleming's done enough to to have his left back spot, but I think we need to sign a, a good right back, I and mean, then I think we'll be a, be back at the same time. At the same time, he could easily at any point have switched back to a back four, and he hasn't. Yeah, true. Maybe he's because not been he impressed might, with the right backs back he has. He's though. not done it. But I would argue we, we don't have we don't. Coyle's still injured, isn't he? So yeah. we don't have a right back to play for at the back, so he can't really. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, it's one of them. I, I personally think that this current set of players suits the three at the back. Louis Coyle's very good as a right back, but he can't do the wing back role. But then if you put a back four, you have to drop one of the centre backs that have been so good. It, it's, it's, it's a really tough, because I personally think the three at the back suits this current squad. I don't yeah. mind if we switch it next season, but we sign players that suit the new system. I feel like we'd be better playing a back four at home and a back three away. Possibly. Mm. If we had the personnel to do it, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, but I think because of the way that you have to sort of be on the front 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 foot at home, I think a back three kind of takes away a player who would maybe favour forward. Mm. I mean, it depends what kind of like you say. It depends what interpretation of the three at the back you use. We don't know how the transfer is going to go in the summer. Yeah, it's, we it's don't. We don't really know what Shotter's. We don't really know what Shotter's planning to do, do we? So, it's it's one of them where. I personally think them them three at the back are working really well at the minute. The current formation's working really well at the minute defensively. It's it's been brilliant. Um two seconds, guys. Not and it's live. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Right, um two seconds. Sorry to anyone watching. Um, I'll just have to mute for the time. Well, we could anyway, probably still have a chat talk about, about something. Anyway, yeah. Um, so football, yes. Why aren't he useless at uh, podcasting? Anyway, like, <laughs> well, I, I, we, we don't have to discuss that. He just points up there and, you know, <laughs> it becomes clear. Um, no, it, it's funny because I would have thought Bernard, I'd been like, hmm, you can't really. Alfie Jones, since he came back, I'm so glad he's shown the form that he had last season. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's been really good. And he's not made us miss Bernard, which I think this is, is weird, a, I thought, a, a good... I, I thought Bernard was a guarantee. Bernard. 
But you might still sign him, possibly. I, I don't know now. No. I think if he'd still been in the side, maybe. I mean, we still mm. might, but I think if it's because he's not playing on the regular now again. I mean, it only takes an injury for him to suddenly be back in the side or a bad performance. But mm. well, maybe maybe they try to sign him like with Baxter uh, as well and and with Longman. Maybe they wanted to get him in January and then they they found out they couldn't and they thought well. If we can't get him in January, maybe we can't get him at the end of the mm. season. So we'll, we'd rather, mm. you know, uh, let Jones play and let him develop rather than develop um, Bernard, who's not going to be here next year. Possibly. Okay, so on the subject of contracts, may I ask you, Lee, um, who do you think we should keep of all the contract scenarios coming up? I'd keep Smallwood, Bunnyman, uh, yes. Ingram. I'm slightly reserved on his whether to give him another year or not. I'm not sure now either. I think we could find uh, someone else better anyway. with. Yeah, we're going to be looking definitely, and uh, we've got enough kind of young zippy players, don't we? With Lewis Potter and Syed Manesh and Smith, and maybe sort of Wilkes, but uh, Eves, we could probably find someone. Uh, you know, find a target man with. Uh, you know, the hold-up play he's got, but that can actually, you know, kick a ball sometimes properly. With it, with Eves, I think... <laughs> I mean, score them, uh, with, with Eves, it's... His choice will be, does he stay with us for another year and potentially be a bench player, or does he actively try and find another club in summer that will probably start yeah. him every game, like in League One? He, he deserves that. He deserves that. He, yeah, I, I, would, I would prefer for him as a guy to, to go find a club that's going to play him every week and get him back, going back to someone Lee mentioned who I wanted to actually give a shout out to about the board game again Richie Smallwood imperious yeah, brilliant. he deserves another oh, year yeah. absolutely as well but yeah, again is, are we going to be looking at replacements for that role and it's it's so impossible to with the contract sort of situation it's are these players going to be in starting 11 next season so when you're offering them this deal are they going to sit down and say but am I playing next year and what are they going to turn around and say I mean, someone like Richie Smallwood, getting towards the end of his career, is going to want to probably play as much as he possibly can, personally. I think if he's not guaranteed a starting 11 position, he'll probably try and look for elsewhere. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that I don't want him to stay. I would love him to stay because he's been absolutely brilliant this season, probably player of the season contender, especially given the stick that he received at the beginning of the season. Um, He's been absolutely fantastic and he's crucial to the way we play. I mean, At the beginning of the season? For the season, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, he's, he's like Ashby, though, isn't he? Can you remember when we had Ashby? There was always that there was, he was always Marmite, wasn't he, with the fan base? There was there was yeah. those that loved those that hated yeah. him. Which is mad it's weird now, now in hindsight because everyone yeah. loves him now. Yeah, but back then <laughs> when he played, it's because that style of player isn't keen on the eye, so people don't tend to, you know, really appreciate what what side of the game that they bring. Um, we'll move on to. Um, the Cardiff game then, because um, I've got, a, I did a couple of stats uh, look up. So. Ooh, we actually did some other ones. <laughs> we did. Right, so Cardiff are 17th. So the three places above us, they've got a game in hand and they've got 49 points. Um, obviously, a win for us would bring us uh, a couple of points behind them. Uh, they they don't really, from looking at the goal stats, <clears throat> they don't really have an out-and-out goal scorer, which I think suits us probably. Uh, their top scorer is a midfielder. It's Ruben Colwell. Uh, I know they've signed jo- uh, Hugel and Ik Piazzu in January, uh, who both got six goals between them, three each. But other than that, they've you know the goals are fairly sporadic, and the, you know a couple of players have got one, two, three. They don't have out and out goal scorers. So in terms of you know singling out an entire threat, they don't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, the last game was a two-one win against Reading. Um, you know a, a team down there with us, similar vein. Um, away from home as well, but they did get absolutely blitzed by, obviously, Welsh rivals Swansea 4-0 a few days before. Uh, And I I got our head-to-head stats because I thought that we were quite a bogey team for Cardiff and I thought we'd beat them quite often. I mean, in modern times, we have been relatively bogey for them, but... Mm, Well, you see that. But in the last 15 games between us both, we've each won six and drawn three. Fair enough, you got me. Yeah, that's what I mean. And the last five games has actually been... Quite bad for us. The last five games between us, we've got one win, one draw, and three losses. And that win was Long. this season when we beat him one nil. So 
Another team that we could potentially do the double over, which is good, uh, and the perfect way to turn around our home form. We were a very good um, team on a bench. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so yeah. I'll, I'll do score predictions and that for Cardiff then. Are we, I assume, are we keeping the same 11? I can't see any reason. I, I wouldn't change the team. I'd keep it as it was. Yeah, you can't change a winning team. Yeah. Side minutes didn't score. Drop him. <laughs> Start Forsh. No, um, um, no keep, keep it the same. Don't, don't change a winning team. Hmm. Uh, and then score predictions. Will? 2-1 City. Hull City. Uh, Lakers. Yeah, I'll go 1-1. 1-1. Ooh. Stops the, stops the losing form, but an, another winless home game. Uh, Nathaniel? Uh, well, I'd like us to, you know, at least get a point in a score draw just to end the rut, but uh, Cardiff are ninth in the away table and uh, you know, we're just absolutely dreadful at home. So, 1-0 one, one Cardiff. Probably. So, we've got a win draw and a loss. I'm going to go for That'd a 2-1 win I'm going to go for. I'm Yay! Feeling like that's optimistic. We agree for once, We really need to turn around this home form. I think this is the perfect game to do it. Um, I think, so, we'll... I've, I've had the idea then, so I'll put it forward to these lads, these know, and I'm going to do a new feature. So, when we're about to play a team, we will talk about some of our either your favourite, your best, your worst, where the type of memory is from that team. I want them to give me a game that they remember for that said reason. See if they can remember the starting 11. Oh, you can research it. It's not really, it's not a quiz. Uh, tell us the starting 11 from that day, the result, and why you chose that game. So um, I'll come to Will first, because I feel like he's uh, Mr. Obvious, and he's, he's, he's picked the one that the oh, majority thanks. will have picked. Yeah. Right. It's the obvious answer because it's the correct answer. And that is, of course, the two-all draw that on the 4th of May in 2013 that saw us promoted. Boring choice. Correct <laughs> choice. It's only boring because you were too young to not you were too young to remember, Nathaniel. I was there. Exactly. You were I don't, I don't remember it, but I was there. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit of a right, What was the lineup then? What was the lineup? I could yeah, easily tell you the line up off the top of my head. It was um, Stockdale in goal, back three of five, Chester and McShane. You had Elmer and Rossini as outlied lads. You had Myler and Boyd, Quinn, Simpson, and I think Brady. You'd move Brady further forward that game. See? Goal scorers. Yeah. Up years. Scorers? How can you yeah. forget Nick Proshfitz and Paul McShane scoring <laughs> goals? That would that honestly that 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 game, I think, in even mm. in terms of the fact that it was it was the one that could I know have people would say Watford the second leg against Watford, but I actually think that Cardiff game was my favourite game at the KC. Just for all overall sort of like drama, it had the ultimate everything yeah. emotional. Yeah. Yeah. The Watford Leeds game was fifteen minutes behind us, and, and Fraser Campbell as well. Fraser Campbell, pantomime villain, come yeah. back and score. Well, I feel like a little celebration. Uh, Paul McShane scoring, Proswich never did that. He scored, missed hey, the no, penalty that could have sealed it. Yeah, Proswich scored two against Ipswich, didn't he? Or was it one? Yeah, we was losing. He scored one some bangers on the cup. Came on, scored twice. Yeah. We won scored a well against Leighton Orient in the cup. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that game I just think was just emotional wise was was mad and obviously Elmo's dancing um on, on the cameras afterwards the celebrations in the halftime that, that'll forever go down invading the pitch like the naughty boys all of us <laughs> that's a good choice uh if you picked a game lee yeah i've gone for the uh 4-1 home game in 2006 when uh phil brown was in charge oh, good shout good call i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna admit i didn't i didn't i totally forgot about that how can you pick that game then Apparently out of the game. Remember Gary Megson? He was supposed to be in the stands. He was going yeah. supposed to get announced no, on a Monday. The yeah. new manager. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I do remember it now? Yeah. Yeah. God. Uh, can you remember the starting eleven? Have you got it up on you? Yeah, I've got it written down. Uh, Myelin Goal, Danny Coles, Andy Dawson, Damien Delaney, Sam Ricketts, David Livermore, Nick Barbie, Ian Ashby, Stephen McPhee. Dean Marley and Craig Fagan. What a team. Some good names in there. Cracking good, team. Good city legends, yeah. Do you know do you have the goal scorers? Uh Delaney, Marnie, Fagan, and Michael Bridges. Oh, Michael Bridges. <sighs> His goals were few and far between, but we all Those names made me so nostalgic. 
<laughs> I know it's it's mad in it when you, you I, see this is why I like doing this kind of thing because when you go back over old 11s and you're like oh my god yeah um, yeah good memory um, obviously he has to go quite far back because the last few games against Cardiff have been quite poor so wins <laughs> against Cardiff were recently haven't been um, easy to come by uh, what game did you choose Nathaniel? Um, I chose the 4-0 away win uh, away at Cardiff in 2014 and I think it's our biggest away win in the Premier League. It is. So, um, and boring. I chose that because I... What's boring about that? It's it's not the 2-2. Anyway, um, I, I chose that because I think it was the same day as I went to Laser Quest for my birthday one time. So that was a particularly good weekend. And Fair yeah, place. what's what what what's wrong with that? That was a good. That's why I remember it. Was really it. Good, it was a really it was good, very day, good birthday weekend. One of the best. So I mean, the lineup was I think McGregor in goal, yeah, um, and other people. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Can you not even uh, read date, Back back five back five of uh, El Mahamadi Rossini as the wing backs. Figueroa, Bruce, and Davis, uh, Livermore, Huddleston, Myler, and then the uh, most underrated Premier League strike duo of, of all time, uh, Jelovic and Shane Long. Yeah, so, that was one uh, of those. That was one of those games where um, the Long Jelovic strike partnership really was in in flow. And we could well, see that was a prime. Really that was the yeah. prime of that. Yeah, prime uh, so, yeah, industrious Livermore. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That well, was, they both scored. And yeah, then two for Jelovic. Rosie yeah. as well got an assist. Didn't mm. score very often, but he, he, he liked to peg a couple of assists or two. Yeah, that was one of my potential choices. Was that game? Um, it was... went correctly with what your choice is. Yeah, I did. I did. Mm. I did personally. Uh, the one I've gone for is the um, probably huge, huge result that sent us on our way the season after was the one uh, nil win away at Cardiff in two thousand and seven. Uh, Phil Brown's first season. It was basically the win that he sent that sent Leeds down and kept us up, which is always good. Added always, incentive. always good. Dino scored first season <laughs> returning. You know he was on loan from Bradford that season. One he, he scored the winner. How can you go against a, a City team that featured the Romford Pele? <laughs> <laughs> Rip out. Know, exactly. Yeah. So the starting eleven, which was mad: um, Boaz Mile, Sam Ricketts, Michael Turner, Damian Delaney, Andy Dawson. That usual back four. Ray Parler. Ian Ashby, and this one yeah, I totally forgot about Lee Peltier, who used to yeah Lee Peltier, yeah Liverpool at the time. Uh, Dean Windass, uh, Nicky Forster, and Stephen McPhee, uh, Bambi and Marnie both came on as subs, and then we had John Parkin, Danny Coles, and Matt Duke on the bench that weren't used. But it was one of them games that I think I seem to remember. Boaz Mile was absolutely amazing as well. I think he, he probably oh, made yeah. about five. He had one of those games where that Mile was prone to having every now and again, where he was just unbeatable. Um, and I think we just sort of it was a one nil typically a bit similar to what we did against Borough. It was a battle in one nil, mm. needed that win to sort of uh essentially keep us up, and we did. And it's you know, a Dino winner to keep us up and send leads down, I think, is always perfect, isn't it? So that was my choice. So, yeah, some nice little bits of nostalgia if, you, if you're listening and you've got a favorite game against Cardiff, um, tell us on Twitter and we'll try and relive it with you. Um, tell us the goal scorers of Stan 11 if you can. Uh, Obviously, we can look them up if we're not being lazy. Um, but I think we've pretty much covered everything then. Obviously, um, the podcast charity shirts are still for sale. Um, £7.50 of each shirt uh, going to Andy's Man Club. I know um, all four of us have got one. Um, so, But I think we're potentially looking at bringing in the hoodie, which is what everybody voted for. I think the only one by two votes did the hoodie, but uh, we're potentially bringing that in to sell as well, if anybody's in, uh, interested in one of them. Uh, obviously, sponsored by... Six Yards Out and Candy King um, and we will look forward to playing Cardiff in the next game so thanks for joining us uh, Lee it was nice having you no on no and, uh, top top Tigers fan you're always going to games I see it I love it wearing your shirts at games I like the selfies on match day it's always a good one on Twitter to get the, uh, yeah, get I think the match day so it's not a match day without Lee the and I have to do one from Turkey if I get voted in <laughs> yeah from the all inclusive bar by yeah. Nicole, Lee, Lee Wacker selfie uh, and cheers for joining me again, Will and uh, yeah. Nathaniel. Nice having you on, as always. And we will see you next time. Thank you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.